When I was in fifth grade, I had an old school teacher, probably started teaching in the 50s, that gave us a homework assignment from an old school textbook that was probably from the 50s. So we had to take a textbook from the back of the class, bring it home, read a short story in it, answer questions, bring the textbook and the homework assignment back. So I went home for lunch, got the book, got my homework assignment that I completed. I was a good student. I had never received a zero before. So I walk into the classroom, had my homework out, and she told us to put the old school textbooks back on the shelf in the back of the room. So I went to do that, and when I came back, my homework was gone. I was panicking. This was going to be my first zero, but I had done the assignment. I, I, I remember going back to the bookshelf, going through every single textbook. Maybe I had slid the homework in there. I forgot to pull it out. But it was definitely gone. She, told, she ordered me back to my desk. And when she got to me, she goes, Kevin, where's your homework assignment? And I, I couldn't hold in the tears. I told her I had, did it. And I had it. I even saw it on my desk. I don't know what happened to it. Now, like 40-something years later, I can tell you I think the student behind me lifted it. But, but then uh, I was just in panic state. I wasn't even thinking about looking around to see if anybody stole my homework. And she gave me a zero. My first zero ever. I was afraid to go home and tell my parents that I received a zero. They were going to believe the teacher. They always believed the teacher. You know, my parents always told me that. My father said, if you tell me something and your teacher tells me something that contradicts what you say, I'm going to believe the teacher because the teacher isn't going to get in trouble when they get home from me. So I, I kept it a secret. A few weeks later was parent-teacher conferences. And I stayed home that day. I, I pretended I was sick because I knew I was going to be sick. My parents were going to go into that English teacher and find out that I had a zero. I remember thinking, should I act like I'm passed out on the floor when they come back in so that way they're more concerned about me than that stupid zero? But then I remember my parents coming to the back door of the house. And they called me into the kitchen. And they're standing there. And they had, they had kind of like little smiles on their faces. And my dad finally said, would you like to tell us about the zero in Mrs. Petrick's class? My eyes started welling up. And before I said a word, my mother, one of the most non-confrontational people I know, spoke up. And she said, Mrs. Petrick told us that you were telling her that you did the assignment. And you didn't know what happened to it. And you actually had it on your desk. And she made it sound like it was you were just lying to her. And she said you even turned on the waterworks. And I told her, my son was willing to cry in front of his classmates. I trust my son. Today on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast, Parent Teacher Conferences. The Parent-Teacher Conference podcast is sponsored by FanSchool. Parents, are you finding it difficult to see your child's work since it's all digital? Teachers, are your digital assignments getting lost in the black hole of a digital folder? Can I suggest a solution? FanSchool. FanSchool is a safe and social learning network 
where students own and share their learning. Think of Fan School as a digital bulletin board for your students' work. Take a look. Go to fan.school today. That is fan.school. And imagine what your classroom space will look like on Fan School. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host. And on this podcast, what we try to do is talk about topics that are relevant to both parents and teachers. And as a parent, as a, as a teacher myself, I try to bring both perspectives. I want us to understand each other. We, I want us, as parents and teachers, to work together for the sake of children. And I know recently there have been concerns from parents to teachers who they believe are overstepping their bounds, and for teachers that feel that parents see them as dark and sinister. Now, I'm not going to dismiss any concerns. There are parents that are thinking irrationally and assume the worst out of every teacher their child has. And at the same time, there are teachers who take on an all-knowing priestly role whose catechism is at loggerheads with what is being taught in their students' homes. Those extremes do exist. But the reality is that most teachers wake up every morning heading to school just to give quality education to your child in whatever subject they're teaching them or their elementary school in the wide range of subjects. They just want to educate your kids. They want your child to think. They want to assist you. Most teachers are not radicals. The vast majority aren't. They just don't want to be involved in all that. And I got to be honest, some of the activism that you may hear about or you may see on videos that you're concerned with or you're a parent, the majority of teachers I know don't want anything to do with that crap either. They just want to teach. That's what we went to college for. We're teachers. I'm a history teacher. That's what I am. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a social worker. But yet, more and more, I will admit that those burdens are being placed upon us. And that's not fair. That's really not fair. But the perception of teachers is changing. Some of that had to do with COVID. Um, and I you know a lot of people are saying that the big thing was, you know, in terms of what I'm talking about right now, that parents were able to see what was being taught and red flags start raising. And I think that is true to an extent, but the bigger issue was keeping kids out of school. When we shut down the schools in the spring of 2020 for the rest of the year, parents were praising teachers, thanking them for putting out online and doing their best 
to provide two months or three months worth of continuing education for their child. But then something changed when the school year started. And it was that where parents were heading back into work, they didn't see why teachers couldn't go in either. And, I'm, and I know that could be a whole nother podcast, but the reality is no matter how you feel about it, a lot of the credit that educators built up in the spring of 2020 was squandered. A lot of that had to do with the, the continuing shutting down of schools, the hybrid method. A lot of parents wanted their kids back at school. They feared learning loss. And also it did raise some alarms on the curriculum as well. So although as teachers, we would love to still be in the 1950s where parents and students just respected the teacher because of their position, those days are long over. I mean, I don't think I ever had those days. I started teaching in the 90s. It was gone by then. I mean, in the 60s, they always said question authority. Well, guess what? The questioning authority has continued. So as teachers, we can complain all we want about that. It's not going to change a damn thing. We're here to help kids. So let's help kids. Let's start reaching out to parents. Let's start putting our best foot forward. Let's start, instead of criticizing parents who may assume the worst of us, let's prove that their assumptions are wrong by how we treat them, how we approach them, and how we're looking to help their child. Teachers need to go on the offensive, not an attack, on the offensive of promoting to parents, and not just promoting, because promoting's empty, promoting to parents what we are doing, what we're actually doing to help their child. And that leads into parent-teacher conferences, and that's what we're talking about today. So I'm going to give tips and ideas, and throw out what I do. Hopefully some of that will be helpful. And it's always like when I share something, it's how I do it. I have a certain personality. I have a certain belief set. We all have, all of us are different in terms of that. So I'm not saying do everything I do. It just wouldn't work. You're not me. What I am saying is you can critique it. You can say, well, that wouldn't work for me or I have questions about that. Or you can say, well, that that sounds interesting. I can make that, what what coach does there in a parent-teacher conference, I can make that work for me. Actually, that's something I can include. And I would love to hear from you. you. If you like what I have to say, if you question what I have to say, anything, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com, parentteacherconferencepodcast411 at gmail.com. So we have parent-teacher conferences this week. In fact, yesterday was our first one from the day we're on broadcasting. And we do a half day of classes and a half day of conferences. Now, the worst day, the worst days of parent-teacher conferences is you have a half day of classes, a half day of conferences in the afternoon, right following. So that's your full school day. And then you have to come back at night and do another few hours. 
that is the longest day of teaching. You're exhausted the next day. And please, if you're a parent, don't fault a teacher for showing a movie the next day. It's exhausting. It's when it's almost as I got to be honest. And I know some of my administrators might be listening to this and I, I don't care on this one. So here we go. When you schedule it like that, it's like, do you, did you remember when you were a teacher? Do you, when administrators plan that, and if you're an administrator listening, listen up. Do you remember those days where you're making us teach a half hour, giving half hour quality lessons to our kids, trying to squish things down so it's not a wasted half hour, what used to be like 50 minutes? Then you have parents coming in, a lot of peopling, a lot of peopling. That's exhausting, Right? Then you get a little bit of a break, and you come back and do it all over again with parents, more peopling, more peopling. Do you remember going home that night and just, as you hit your bed, your, your face plant right into your bed? Boom. Why don't you give teachers a half day in the afternoon to kind of rest and come back at night and do the second half of their work day at night? Your, your comp, that's a full day of work. It's... And we're salaried, so we're not like we're getting time and a half when we come back at night. I know, it's in the contract. We have to give so many nights a year. So yes, contractually, you'll be right. But is it what's best for your staff? Is it what's best for morale? Is it what's best for your students? Because let's be honest, the day after that long day becomes a wasted day. It could be a full day of classes. It becomes wasted. You've wasted one of your 180 days. And if you're like, oh, suck it up. Yeah, okay, yeah, I do suck it up. Every year I suck it up. But am I as effective in my exhaustion that you created? It's something to think about. I remember my first parent-teacher conferences up in Connecticut. I, I even remember my first parent. The first parent who came in my room was actually the French teacher at my school. Her daughter was in my class. It was a great first conference to have for a guy fresh out of college in his first teaching experience because her daughter was a great student, great kid, polite, sweet, very active in class, being involved in discussions. I think she won her senior year. She was one of the top scholars, and it doesn't surprise me. I think she's a teacher today, in fact, herself. So her mom came in. And she wasn't out to get me. That wasn't the type of person she was. So she wasn't trying to needle me or anything. She just wanted me to talk about her child, just to confirm that her child's doing well in all aspects of the class. But as she was getting ready to leave, she looks at me. Now, I wasn't in my classroom. I Actually, at that point, I was sharing a classroom with the English teacher. So he was doing conferences in the classroom. I was doing my conferences in one of the science labs. So the French teacher looked at me before she left. I'm going to give you a tip. She said, don't sit in a student chair. I think what I had done was I sat in a student chair and I brought over two like desk chairs, nice comfortable desk chairs for the parents. And she goes, no, don't do that. She goes, you're, you know, you're young. You need to establish you know, how, how things look. You need to establish yourself as the authority. And now you look like you're the child and the parents are going to tell you. So she suggested that I 
put two student chairs on the other side of the desk. It was like a lab table, actually. And I took one of the desk chairs. She goes, you want to be a little propped up a little higher. It, it just gives that effect of you're telling them what you think of their child, where, where it could easily be, especially as a, I was a pretty bad teacher my first year. It could be the parents dictating me while I'm a bad teacher. So, so I did that. And things were going fine, but I kept on remembering. I, I propped up the chair, the desk chair as high as I could, and conference was going well. Well, I felt like I needed a little more being up in the air. So I took one of the lab stools. There were standing desks in the back of the room. They had the higher stools back there in case you did want to sit on the higher lab table. So I took one of those chairs. So now I'm, now I'm in, on a stool up in the air. And well above the desk. And I got to be honest, <laughs> it was silly. It was stupid. So then my principal walks in because just so happens that his son was in the same class as the French teacher's daughter, in fact. And he was a great kid. He was funny, a strong student, great personality. So And so was my principal. My, prince, my first principal, his name was Steve Taylor. I thank God for that, man, because like I said, I was a horrible teacher, and he was so patient with me, and so he was such a mentor to me. A lot of how I teach today is because he would come and just stop by my class, write down little notes to me to have me consider what I was doing in the classroom, but that's a, that should be another podcast. So Steve comes in, and I'm on this stool, and he wants to talk about his kid, and he sits down in a um, one of the, the child cares now now I'm now I'm like good like three feet above him looking down at him, and he just says, "What are you doing?" Like what? I go, you know, I said the French teacher told me I should be a little higher. She goes, that, he goes, that's ridiculous. Come on. So I went back down to the desk chair. But I think as a young teacher, if you're a young teacher having a parent teacher conference, you do need to establish your authority. And I, I don't mean by you don't want to seize authority. You don't want to, you know, they always say you don't want to demand respect. You want to command respect. So you want to be organized. You want to be ready for every parent that comes in. And there is a difference between the elementary and middle school levels. You know, in elementary school, you tend to be in self-contained classrooms or you may be teaching a block of English social studies, while another teacher takes math science. But you have those children longer in the day. In those first two to three months of school, you get to know a parent's child better than I do at the middle school level. Remember, I only see them once a day for about a 50-minute block. And that's something for parents to understand, too, that your parent-teacher conference experience is going to be different as you move up the grade levels. Just because a teacher in middle school and high school are not going to have the relationship and the connections that an elementary school teacher is going to have. But if you're a young elementary school teacher, if you're a young middle school teacher, best thing to do for a parent comes in, just take a deep breath. And know that you're the person who best knows your classroom. Be organized and be prepared with what you're going to say. That's the best you can do. Yeah, you know, if you're a young teacher, parents are going to question you. Or maybe not question you to your face, but at least have it in their minds, what does this kid know? It's going to happen. 
there's only one way to counteract that. Prove them wrong. And again, like I said, it's a little difficult for a middle school teacher and above. The first couple of weeks, I'm just getting to know your kid's name. Remember, elementary school, a little easier. They see your kids for several hours a day. Me, I'm not even seeing them one hour a day. So I have to learn their names, then I get to know them. And I get to see what they're doing in the classroom. You know, the toughest question as a child gets older that a parent will give to me is, well, how are they doing socially? And that's a tough question because in the classroom, if they're dealing with somebody teasing them, if that, the person who's doing the, let's even say bullying, if, if that person is not in my class, I don't see it. The parent could be saying, you know, Johnny comes home every day and says that Billy does this, but I don't have Billy. You know, you can ask where it's, where is it happening? What's well, happening in the lunchroom? Well, I, I don't go down to the lunchroom. Or even the question of, you know, does my child have has any friends? The best I can do is say what I see in the classroom. And it does get obvious after a little while, if a child is secluding themselves from the other kids or the other kids excluding the child. But again, sometimes neither happens in the classroom. And I really can't address if they have any friends. I mean, to me... Maybe the child is answering questions. They work well in groups. But it doesn't mean they, they're building friendships. It's just a, a tough question to ask. So if you're a parent and a teacher gives you the, I, I really don't know, they're not trying to hide anything from you. They are expressing that they really don't know. Teachers want kids to build relationships. They, they know that school is better when you have a buddy with, with you right? Anything's better when you have a buddy with you. So we, we want to encourage friendships. We, we want kids to get along with each other. And at the same time, we want it to happen organically. Now, how I do my parent-teacher conferences is I give the parents a snapshot of their child in my class. I say, here are their grades. Here's how they're, you know, here they're doing their assignments. In the class, they're quiet. In the class, they're interactive. In the class, they're focused. In the class, they're distracted. You know, I kind of give that picture. But then, you put it back on the parents. Do you have any questions? Simple, simple question. Do you have any questions? And that way, you can explore it with parents. And again, if a parent asks me something I don't know, it's okay to say that. And a parent, you need to be accepting of that. Maybe it's something a teacher hasn't thought of. Take a note of it if you're a teacher and look for it. And then you can respond by email. You know, by the time at a parent-teacher conference, and especially now in the digital age, you know, for me, my students' parents get a weekly video of what we're doing in class. So it informs them, here's what we're doing in class. Here are the upcoming assignments. Here are the topics we're learning about. When they're missing assignments, I send an email home. Here are some... The missing assignments, um, what I do is actually I send an email to the student that the parent is CC'd on. They have access to my student's grades. We have all these resources. The parents have all these resources available to them. Now, some teachers don't do, the only thing they're doing is posting their grades online. 
parents need to take on some responsibility for their child. When you go into that parent-teacher conference, you should have a general view of how your child is doing in this digital age. It's not like when we were kids, if you were growing up before the digital age, where my parents would have no clue what was going on. Really then, the parent-teacher conference should become, what do we do? How can I, no, parents should be coming in saying, how can I help my child? What is my child, can we work out a strategy together? Those are helpful, informative conferences that will help the child. You know, a team, you're supposed to be a team and not supposed to be adversaries at each other. We, we want, you know, a teacher wants your child to learn the material. There is a benefit to them for knowing it. You realize that. That's why you're sending them to school. And you want your child to embrace that. And, and there's the whole holistic thing, too. When we become responsible in little things like school, we prepare for the challenges of the big things. And I know some teachers will be listening to this going, oh, compliance, compliance. Yeah, that's called life. I really, I, I, if there's one educational term that I, I hate that I think is overused, it's compliance. Are you teaching compliance? What the heck does that mean? Yeah, when it, I give an assignment that I prepared and worked hard for that I think that will help that child out, yeah, I expect it to be done, and I expect it to be done on time, and I take points off if they don't get it done on time, because you know what, that's life, and that's teaching a lot more than just history. Ooh, but history, school isn't real life. Real life is real life. That's their life right there. There's their reality. Um, and I think parents, and the only people I hear complaining about it are teachers. Parents realize that's life. They, they pay bills, and they know if they don't pay their bills on time, they get a penalty. They know at work, they have to achieve little tasks. They have to be compliant to their boss. And if you are your own boss, if you have the freedom of your entrepreneur, you have to be compliant to your customers. I mean, what life doesn't have any form of compliance to it? And it's one of the byproducts of going to school. You learn the value of hard work. Hard work is beneficial. Being responsible in the little things prepare you for the big things. It's a byproduct. And again, I think parents want that. That's why parents are concerned. Is my child keeping up with the assessments? Because they know someday those school assessments and those homework or classwork assignments that they're not doing can equate to not doing things on the job as well. Parents don't want their child to be slackers. That's it. And they appreciate teachers that will help them to make sure their child will not be a slacker. And I'm not saying we don't extend grace when grace um, needs to be extended. I don't think we withhold grace if something's going on in a, you know, that's another thing about parent-teacher conferences. You, you'll get that, where a parent shares something with you that their child is struggling with. Like, and it's not a school event. It could be a home event. And you can show grace and compassion. You can reduce assignments in that situation. I'm not saying you don't do that. I'm not saying, you know, and most teachers don't. That's the reality is that typically when we talk about teachers, these hard-nosed 
unbending teachers. They're rare. It's just creating a straw man. Most teachers are very compassionate. They're, they're teaching because they want to help kids out. So, and that's another thing you learn during parent-to-parent teacher conferences. And don't be afraid to share something. If you're a parent that you think a teacher needs to know. However, be judicial about it. Um, make it on a need-to-know basis. Teachers should know everything about your life. It's your life. Just put it on a need-to-know basis and give enough details to know the seriousness of it. Now, what to do with a difficult conference? You know a parent is coming in to rip you apart. First of all, parents don't do that. Calmly talk about what you're struggling with. I mean, I've sent emails in to teachers. I've been, I've, heck, I've sent emails to, to the superintendent and the board of education. Very strong. And often what I do is I allow somebody else, like a non-family member, to look it over. So I did this with the letter to the superintendent and the Board of Education. And a friend of mine said, it's very strong, but you do give facts. And it was an issue of my child's reading level remaining stagnant and a school doing nothing about it. And I went through the chain of command, right? I went from teacher to principal, and I went, walked up the ladder. So you're at the, you're at the bottom rung of the ladder at a parent-teacher conference. Calmly state your issue with the teacher. Give them an opportunity to explain themselves. You may not agree with the teacher and their approach. And ask yourself that. Is it truly, is the issue about that you want the teacher to approach the subject how you want it? Or are you trying to make the teacher to conform what you believe a teacher should do in the classroom? And remember, a lot of that has to do with personality. You know, if a parent comes in and says, why don't you teach like Miss So-and-so? You know, my child loved Miss So-and-so last year as a history teacher. And they're struggling in your class. Why don't you teach like Miss So-and-so? That's not a valid argument. You know, if we talk about diversity, we all have to understand that different teachers have different approaches. How are, can we make this successful for your child? Although I did not build a connection with your child, obviously Miss So-and-so has. That's a better question to ask. But if you truly believe your child has been wronged, I would say the parent-teacher conference is not the best place for that. The best thing to do is call or email the teacher, have them explain themselves privately. If you do not like the response, Go up the ladder. Go to the principal. Hey, I asked about Coach Cullens, what he did here in the classroom, and this was his response. We did not appreciate it. We feel he was wrong for this, that, and the other thing. The reason you don't want to do an parent-teacher conference is they tend to be open. It, it, it shows your dirty laundry to, to other teachers and other parents because they're waiting around for their opportunity to talk to the teachers. So that's why I would say... Air your dirty laundry privately with the teacher at that first rung level as you go up the ladder. If you need to go up the ladder, hopefully you don't have to. Hopefully it's a misunderstanding. Now for the teacher, what do you do when that parent is coming in? You, they're coming in full bear. You know they're coming in charging hard. The best thing to do is have support. Have somebody sit with you. If it's really bad, have your principal sit with you or another administrator sit down with you or just another teacher. So that way... The teacher or the administrator 
serves as a referee that can say, okay, and, and, and let's be honest, if you're being attacked, one of two things are going to happen. Either you're going to go silent and you know what to say, or the opposite, you're going to go on the attack. And what you're going to get is a shouting match between you and the parents, and that doesn't help anybody. So to have that other support there, and if you're a parent and you see that, and, you're, and you know you're going in full bear, and you see this other teacher sitting in on the conference, don't take it as a negative. Take it as a referee, just to keep cool heads and to really discuss the heart of the issue and to get to a resolution, because that's what we want, right? Parents and teachers want a resolution so that kid can be at their best. And I would say that, that the best type of conference especially at the middle school level, again, because it's a little different than elementary school where you can sit down with the teacher and they can pull out portfolio after portfolio. They can show you around the classroom different work that your child is doing. So that's one piece. And we have to understand, as parents, you're going to have a different experience. And I think sometimes, like I teach at a K-8, through my biggest problem teaching at a K-8 through is that the middle school, I think parents and even administrators sometimes have expectations that are really more for the elementary school in terms of trying to keep a balance, keep equity. The reality is that equity is allowing the middle school to act like a middle school and elementary school to act like an elementary school. There are some times that middle school teachers are going to have a different way of approach than at the elementary school level. So at a middle school level, I would say the best conference type is when you have all the child's teachers in a circle talking to the parent. That way, you can, as a parent, that's beneficial for you. It may be intimidating. I was actually, I walked into, our sixth grade does it like this. We don't. We do it where seventh grade, you walk into the teacher's room and they talk with you. The sixth grade does it where they're sitting in a semicircle and I was joking, oh my gosh. And all the other teachers, because not every teacher teaches every kid. So they're all in one classroom. The teachers that aren't part of the next conference are all on the sides of the classroom. They're doing work and keeping quiet. We're in the middle of the room. You see these desks lined up in a semicircle with two desks ready for the parents to come in and sit down. And I walk in, I go, Oh my gosh, this is intimidating. Like all these teachers in one room. And they're laughing and they explain to me how they do the conference, what they just what just, just said. And as I'm leaving, their next parents come in. And the husband says, Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm back at school. And, and I'm like, see? See, I told you this isn't I mean, it was. It's very intimidating. And it could be. But don't take it like that. And it's the best way of doing it. And here's why. When you sit down at that semicircle, you're going to hear all at once the picture of your child's day, right? There's there's all their teachers. Probably they don't have their they might not have the related art teachers like their gym teachers or music teacher, but their academic teachers they have, right? You have them all there in front of you, and you can see if there is a pattern across classes. If the teacher is it's each teacher is saying the same thing about your child you realize there's a pattern. If one teacher says your child is off the charts, rock star in their class, always participating, great behavior, and another teacher saying they're struggling, they don't do any work, they're rude to me, now you see it could be a personality conflict. You can go deeper. What's going on here? Why, why is my child 
different in some classes than in other classes. So it, it gives you, I think it gives you a richer picture of your child's school day. And I think that's it. That's what we want at our parent-teacher conference. As teachers, we want to provide for you, the parents, a glimpse into your child's life while they're at school. We have nothing to hide. We should be transparent. It's your kid. They're not my kid. I don't. I can't care. I'll care for your child, but I can't love them more than you. So here is a glimpse of what your child's like in my class. Here's a glimpse of what your child is like in all of our classes. As a parent, what do you bring to the table? You listen. You have a fair analysis of your child. You, you know, share. Like if they're saying, you know, they they have a tough time starting work. Say, yeah, I, I know. That's how they are. they're like that at home. Doesn't surprise me. Be active in the process. Have questions going in. Don't make it about how can my kid get an A. Make it about how can my kid do their best. And that's what it's all about, right? How can your child be their best? Parents, I know deep down that's what you want ultimately. You want your child to be the best they can possibly be. And good teachers... They want to help you get your child to be the best they can possibly be. Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be somebody who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students. A good parents love those students, their children, deeply. <laughs>